Welcome to the Nonprofit Exchange, stories by leaders for leaders to help you to raise the bar on your own performance and to release the potential inside of you. Now, here's today's episode. Hello, everyone. We're back. This is Tuesday at 2 Eastern Time, USA. It's time for the Nonprofit Exchange. We have yet another wonderful guest today with a great story of inspiration. And, um, you know, we're all celebrities in our own space. No matter where we think we are in the system, we can make things happen. And philanthropy, philanthropy is how you say it. I've had to learn. It's the love of humankind. We can do things for humankind. And it's not about money. It's about time, talent, and then some money. But if you have time and talent and passion, you can make things happen. I met this gentleman at a, at a church gathering where he was telling his story. And I said, DW, I want you to share that to our audience, the nonprofit leaders and clergy on the nonprofit exchange. He said, yes. And he's here today. DW Lawhorn, tell us people that, that don't know you a little bit about who you are and what's your passion. Okay, thank, thank you for having me on here. I, I really appreciate that and honored. But, uh, you know, I'm really just a, a, a simple, normal guy, uh, born and raised in Central Virginia here, uh, worked hard all my life, have a family, uh, like everybody else, uh, got kids that frustrate you, kids in school, kids that are grown, grandkids. Um, but I've always, um, always had a helping side, I always want to help people, I always see people with a need. Uh, whether it's something simple or, or something challenging. And, and that's always intrigued me to always want to step up and do something. So that, that's pretty much my life, you know, just as simple as it can be. You know, I like simple. Yeah. <laughs> Where um, Louis Grizzard was a columnist and comedian for the Atlanta uh, newspapers. And he said, American by birth, Southern by the grace of God. And we are, yeah. in fact, Southern. And, you know, it's just nice being ordinary folk doing some amazing stuff, one thing at a time, major things with one step at a time. So I went to this church gathering. It was a Thursday night dinner gathering. It wasn't like with a pipe organ and stuff. It was really interesting, a gathering of faith leaders to, to hear stories of the community. And they said, oh, this guy's going to be here talking about children's books. And I go, yawn. <laughs> but when you started talking, I was like, oh, and then he kept on. I was, oh, so, um, Cover up your camera a minute, show us the background about what, what this is about, and then tell us, you know, it's not just about children's books, but tell us how this, this happened. You've got a series of books, how many, right. and what was the birth of the idea? And okay, yeah. Hear that story, please. Yeah, sounds great. Uh, I have currently uh, three books out. It's in the, in the whole series is, is about Boots the Cow. True story, Boots, Boots is a true cow that, that's right out in the field, right beside my house every day, see him every day. Uh, he, he does not look like he does in the book. I've been asked that when people see him and go, he looks nothing like the cow in the book. And because he's not that cute, uh, he is, he's that funny and, and does the stories, but he's just not that cute. So we had to change him up a little bit. Uh, got the fourth book will be coming out uh, middle of April, hopefully right before Easter, uh, called Boots Meets a Bee. And how this started is uh, I'm, I'm on the board for the Carter Craft Foundation out of Lynchburg, Virginia. And... Um, Real, real nice nonprofit that was started by very dear friends of mine in honor of their son who tragically lost his life in an accident. 
and before he had passed away, he had started doing real good things for the community and talked about his vision and stuff. So um, his parents kind of picked that up and went with it and, and wanted to make that happen. And I was honored that they asked me to be a part of that. Uh, well, you know, like most nonprofits and, and organizations, you got to have fundraisers and money coming in to do stuff. A lot of the things that we were doing, which would be golf tournaments, uh, cruise in, car shows, all those kind of things all come to a screeching halt uh, because of the pandemic, because of COVID, like most everything. Anything, you know, uh, that we was using as a fundraiser required people to be gathering and in groups, which we could not do. Uh, so sitting back and, and seeing that, you know, I, I had already written stuff years uh, when my kids were growing up, I would write stories because I found out grabbing normal books off the shelf and saying, hey, do you want to read this book tonight? And they grab it and they didn't read it a hundred times. They had more memorized it. So it was really going through the motions. So I would write stories, including the kids and making them the character and using stories that were they were doing. So I had this idea and said, hey, I, I've got another story about this crazy cow at my house. Let's see if I can get it you know, put out there and get it published. And I, and I told them up front now, you know, that this is silly and crazy. It probably won't go anywhere. But if it does, you know, part of the proceeds will go to the foundation to help take up the slack for some of these uh, lack of donations. And so I wrote the first story, which was the day Boots Become a Cow. And lo and behold, it goes number two on Amazon. And it takes off. And there we go. And so then I had to write some more to follow up, you know, and, uh, and, it, and it fell right into place. So that, that's how we got to where we're at right now with the fourth one coming out. Well, people hear, hear this. Um, now, you're not a child, but you have children. Yes. And you wrote these. And grandchildren, yeah. Mm -hmm. You wrote, the, and grandchildren. And so you actually like children. Yes. We yes. would. <laughs> and so, you know, as a simple guy, I think the messages that children can understand are easy enough for adults to understand. Yes. And sometimes we make things too complicated. Yes. So, so there was a whole hill to climb here. You hadn't, you probably hadn't written a book. You didn't right. know, maybe you weren't an illustrator. You didn't know how to publish. You didn't know how to get it out there. So, All did, yeah. so, so our, our job in center vision is to help people take their strategy, which is we teach, uh, I know you have different, different, perspectives but people can reach more potential if they share goals with other people right. and and we teach you how to integrate all of those into performance right. and what you did is probably three percent of the population actually does out right. of 100 people three actually do something right. and only one of those will succeed so you had some pretty strong determination tell us about that journey of discovery and how did you make this really happen Okay. Well, you know, from the beginning, the first thing I, you know, that, that stuck with me was being a, being a board member on this nonprofit, you, you, you're not filling a seat. You know, you're just not there to keep the seat warm. Uh, you got to believe in what you're doing. You So you got to step up and, and do what you're expecting other people to do. And so that's what strived me and, you know, gave me the fire to do it. And, you know, of course, I was stepping out of my comfort zone, and but I said, I'm going to do it. Um, and you was right on the illustrations, all that. If I'd have drove these pictures, uh, it'd look like a kindergarten with crayons. You know, it, it would not have been any close. But I, I do have a friend that does marketing and, and he does commercials and stuff. So I touched base with him and said, you know, I got this uh, idea. Where would I go? And so he started pointing me in the right direction. So I, you know, hired an illustrator out of New York, a graphic, graphic artist. 
uh, you know, just grabbed some clip art uh, of what I thought things would look like and said, this is my idea. And, and then it all started coming together. And then uh, this, this same gentleman was help, uh, able to get it, me uh, published through uh, Watch Creative Studios. And, uh, and then it went from there. You know, and I kept it simple too, because I got to keep it on a level. So if I was asked to come read it somewhere, I got to keep it where I can be able to do that too. Uh, but also, you know, during during the pandemic, kids were home and stuff like this. So I think that helped it that they had time on their hands and parents got it. And it, it's a good story, a cute story, you know, so it, and, and it all works together. So you had an idea in your brain. Did you like you had illustrations. Did you do like a storyboard like to do a movie or how did you convey that image to the, the people that worked with you? Yeah. So uh, I had typed up the story, just normal typing it up in word form. And then where I wanted the pictures to be placed, I just found clip art that was similar to what I was thinking should go along on that page. Um, and I copied and pasted and put stuff together to get a general idea of what I was thinking. And luckily, uh, the graphic artist uh, took it from there and just, when I, when I got the drawings back before they even become colorized, just the drawings, I was just blown away and amazed how that was. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So, um, so what was the, the so we're, we're having a lot of people listen to this who've got ideas. Yes. And so uh, just tell us about, uh, what were the obstacles? I mean, we all have obstacles and sometimes people get discouraged really easily. Yes. So what was obstacles and what were some missteps that you learned from? Um, obstacles would be stepping out of, like I said before, your comfort zone, because obviously this is not, was in the field of what I was already doing or anything. So taking that leap to do that, uh, that that's your first obstacle is having your idea and believing in yourself to do it. Uh, because you've got to be the, the first one to believe your own ideas and, and go from there. So that, that's a first obstacle. Um, and then, you know, some of the other challenges is uh, when you presenting it to different people, as more people get involved, you get people that want to try to steer you from your original idea or say this would be better, but stick with what you want, what's in your heart. And that's what I did. Cause I had several people make some suggestions that I am so glad I did not go with. And I kept it right to what I wanted to do and how I wanted to do it. You know, that's an important point. Yes. People listening. Now you might be listening to this sometime in history. We're recording this in March of 2022, by the way, that number is what they call a palindrome. It's the same forward and backwards. Two 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 oh two two. It's really fascinating. We we look at that. So um, we are talking to you, maybe hopefully at the end of what we call the pandemic yes. of twenty twenty, carrying on past that. And so um, you might be listening to this at another point in history. But the themes here um, are consistent with uh, leaders are people who make things happen. And so we're talking to. Uh, D.W. Lawhorn, who's in Bedford, Virginia, he's a book author uh, by trade with a day job for <laughs> working for the town of Bedford, right? That's, that's correct. I'm the director of public works. Uh, been at, at this for about 30 years and, and, and love that meeting the people in the community and citizens and, and being able to help on that side of things. And of course, you know, this is just my side gig to help with the foundation. So. 
Well, absolutely. So let's let's go back to what you said at the beginning of this. This is important for leaders to hear. I can't tell you how many nonprofit uh, board chairs and executive directors say, oh, they're busy. I don't want to ask them to do anything, which is the antithesis of what people on the board want. That's they're right. on the board because they want to serve. So, so talk about your inspiration for stepping up as a board member. Well, you know, first of all, when I was asked to be on the board, great honor for me. I mean, I, I took that as, uh, you know, um, highly respectful being that they thought that enough for me to serve in that capacity. So with that, you know, I, I've got to believe what I sell. I mean, you, you've got to believe in your product. You, you've got to be the face of that. So you just can't show up at quarterly meetings and throw out ideas and expect everybody else to do the work. You, you've got to be a hands-on person. And, you know, so, and, and then other people see that and hopefully inspire from that because if they see you doing it, then all the other people that you're asking to help out are more willing to join in and help you if you're doing it. So your, your inspiration was there was a gap in fundraising. Yes. And you thought you could assist in filling that gap. Yes. And you had a particular idea. Now, um, did you tell the board or did you just do it and then share it with the board? How did yeah, you? Uh, I, I, t I told the board uh, and, and I told them right from the get go, you know, don't expect a lot because, it, you know, it might be the worst idea to ever come up. But if, if, if I didn't try it, you know, uh, it would be sticking in my mind forever. Of why I didn't try it. So, you know, I had, I had nothing to lose by doing this other than maybe getting stuck with some books that I couldn't get rid of, but uh, nothing to lose, everything to gain to come out of this. But you were also willing to put your money where your mouth was. You invested some of your money in making this happen, right? I, I did. Yeah. So like on the illustrator and stuff like that, um, you know, and that was some of the ideas that came back. They came back and said, Hey, we'll draw these pictures if for future earnings, given a percentage of the book series, stuff like that, which I absolutely know, you know, so I just upfronted the money uh, to, to buy the, you know, buy the pictures, have them illustrated where I own them straight out, the copyright, everything. That way, when I get the finished product, everything was mine. So when I sell it, um, you know, other than when I sell on Amazon, you know, they get a cut. But after that, everything comes to me. I don't have 10 other people getting a piece of the pie. That's that's really wise because we think we're going to save a few dollars, but ultimately you're, it's costing you a lot more money. Exactly. Exactly. So, so you got to be number two on Amazon in the category or overall? Uh, in in the children's books. Yeah. That's quite remarkable. How, why do you think that happened? Uh, I think because I was doing a good thing. You know, you reap what you sow. Um, I, I think once once the word got out, people saw it. I, I think it's a good book. I think it's a good series, of course. I'm partial to it. But I think also the uh, story behind it is, is what helps push it, too. Well, I, I Googled, um, pardon, the use that we've, we've taken the word hostage to be a verb. Yes. <laughs> but I searched for Boots the Cow online, and there's a lot of bookstores that list your book. Yes. So you have physical stores that do it. Yes. Um, you're in the Welcome Center in the town where you work. Yes. And so have you had sponsors? You, you told a story about getting a sponsor on a, on a race car, but I don't know if they, what you did about that. Yeah. So uh, I'll, I'll give you the short version, that, which, you know, instead of dragging it out. But so, you know, I'm a big NASCAR fan. And so uh, go to a lot of races, you know, and, and with the Kraft family, we, we used to go to races and camp and stuff like that. So 
I thought, well, let, let me take a chance, reach out to some of the marketing firms and add people that do sponsorship on cars. You know, if I got to spend a couple thousand dollars to be on a sticker on a car, of course, you're going to get a very small place on a car. But I said, if I can get that and in return, you know, get nationwide TV covered or anything like that, and then it would come back, you know, I could probably triple my money back and to give toward the foundation. So uh, I saw a, a driver uh, listed online where he was looking for sponsorship. And it was on the NASCAR level, uh, Xfinity Series. And um, sent him an email, my story, everything like that. They was interested. I'm ready to do it. It, it looks like it's going to happen. And by fortune, two weeks later, this guy wins the Talladega race. And that is when that whole let's go Brandon thing kicked up. Um, which helped me getting good to be on the car because uh, as funny as it was and all that happened, it actually hurt him marketing wise. And then, then people wanted to stay away from him. And he's a great guy. It's no fault of his. It just, you know, he got caught up in some stuff. Uh, so then uh, the people I was working with said, Hey, we can try to get you on a truck team. And, and I was looking to do the Martinsville race. Uh, the truck team we got associated with did not work out. And I'm thinking, okay, it just wasn't meant to be. And then I get a call. Um, There's a NASCAR driver, uh, driver Coy LaJoy, who uh, seems to be a super nice guy. Um, actually got my books, read them to his kids. He liked them and got back in touch and said, hey, this is a great thing you're doing for the foundation and everything. We'll do it for free. And, of course, I'm just, you know, again, it's one of those things that fell into place. So I worked with his people and we got to meet him in Martinsville. Uh, we got books for the whole team, all the uh, family, everybody took some pictures, done all this stuff. And he worked with us for the Martinsville race. And then he come back and did a video for us of him sitting down, reading the book to his son. And he posted it online for us and put the story about us and, and how you could, you know, get to our Amazon store, our website, bootsthecow.com, all the good things that we needed to happen happened by fate for free because it was a good cause. And that helped tremendously there and opened up some doors there. So. You were willing to go out and ask the question. You got that ball rolling. So I want to make sure that you recognize that you got it started. People think about, oh, what if, but they never make the call. Yeah. They never send the email. They never reach out and say, can we work out a deal? And right. then that certainly helps you get to the, the rating and sell books. So you've sold a number of books. So you have three now. Um, yeah, three, uh, three uh, published books. Uh, and I do have a notebook that's not considered a storybook, but we have three storybooks of Boots of Cow. And then we um, put out a um, just a, a general notebook that's a Boots of Cow notebook that kids can take to school to use as a, a general ledger notebook to write in. Uh, we had a cartoon, a small cartoon that came out at Christmas time with the Christmas book. Uh, you can go on the website and see that, the uh, bootsthecow.com, the cartoons listed there. And it's the story of the Christmas book uh, put to cartoon. And that was pretty cool. And then the fourth book will be out uh, middle of April coming out, Boots Meets a Bee. And it teaches kids about how bees are good for the environment and how they pollinate. I love it. I love it. So um, you heard it, bootsthecow.com. If you're watching uh, on the video. If not, you can go to the website, uh, the nonprofitexchange.org and find this interview. So Boots the Cow. So you've got boot, the day Boots came, became a cow. Yes. Uh, Christmas with Boots. Yes. Boots is on the loose. Yes. 
So you got more, and then the new one coming out is going to be uh, Boots Meets a Bee. Boots Meets a Bee. Christmas with Boots. There we are. Is yep. that the, so? That's the cartoon. That's the cartoon right there. Yep. That is great. So when you go to Boots, the cow, B O O T S T H E C O W, all straight through dot com, you'll find it. You'll find about author. You'll find, and I will put that on the website and on the information. If you've downloaded the podcast, you'll have it in the information. So, so um, DW. Yes. This has obviously been an inspiration to other people, but it's also been uh, energizing for you. Talk yes. about what it's like to be a giver. It, it feels great. Um, one of my inspirations when I was growing up as a, as a young child, like a lot of people, you get to go in the summertime, spend time with your grandparents and stay at their house and of course, they treat you wonderful and send you back home with all the goodies and stuff. And, and I was fortunate that uh, I had a grandmother who it was very influential on me and, and loved her to death. And she loved me. And she would quite often we would be sitting, whether we were sitting on the porch, just talking or having an ice cream, whatever. She would often, as I look back on it now, give me so many words of wisdom. And I wish I could sit down and have a conversation with her now as an adult. But I think back on the things she told me. And one of the things that she told me as a young age that stuck out with me was, if you find one true friend in your lifetime, you'll be lucky. So be that friend to everybody you meet and be there for them and be that person. And I've tried to do that, you know. And so that, that drives me. And, and, and from that point on, I've always been that when I was in school, you know, how you'll see you have a group of kids that are all friends and you know not trying to be mean or anything but they just all hang out together but you always see that one or two that's off to the side that's uh you know has social skill problems or doesn't reach out but they're good people and stuff i would always tend to go sit with that person to have lunch talk to that person be that person's friend um and help them or if i see people in need as i got older if i see a need you just help them help people well, we're called, um, I'm a member of the local Rotary Club here, and their motto is service above self. And so I think more, more people could be focused on serving others. And, you know, it is, it is um, really a pleasure to be able to help other people and do some things without yeah, any yeah. expectation of return, isn't it? Yeah, that, that's true. Uh, you, you know, there, there's always a need out there for people. And sometimes it could be simple needs, and sometimes it could be challenging needs. But if, if you just find where you fit in with, with those needs to help out, and, and, and even if it's on a small scale, it, it's still helping out. We're coming up to the last few minutes of the interview, but I want to explore a couple of, couple of things with you. First of all, for those people who are not educated and in the know, we're in the hotbed, the, the energy field for NASCAR in the South here. We got racetrack, Martinsville's one of those short tracks, yeah. like, like Bristol, you know, you can see the whole track <laughs> and the best seats people are not in the front row. <laughs> it's just the opposite of going to the theater. And then we got Richmond, we got, so we're, we're pretty, we're pretty lucky. We got a number of tracks within, you know, a few hours driving distance. So yeah. that's, that's for people not in the know we're, we're yeah. in the, you know, that's, a, that's our local sport. So the leadership piece of this, um, we are visionaries and there's some, and sometimes it's friends and family that are our worst barriers. And you tell them your vision, they go, oh man, what are you thinking? Yeah. And so talk about, and your guiding principles are, I'm going to do this and I'm going to make decisions for the benefit of this project. Right. And so you don't have to name names or give specifics, but how, how did you know 
some of the advice they gave you wasn't going to resonate. How did you, was it hard saying no to people? No, I, I didn't find it uh, hard to say no at all because I, I already had in my mind uh, where I thought this would go and what it would do. And then the other thing is when you look at people giving you advice, you, you need to look at them and say, how is your own advice working out for you? And, and you can see that with people. So you can very quickly uh, separate that out. And, and then also, you know, one thing I want to point out to people is if you have an idea, you know, do it because I, I don't set goals. That's one of the things that I, I put in your thing. I told you that uh, I think goals can be a distraction uh, because you get more focused on that goal and just try you you get stressed out and you get so stressed out about trying to achieve that goal that you lose sight of what your whole idea was about. So if you have an idea, you just go with the idea and, and let it go. Well, and I would share that 33 years of doing this, there is another perspective on that, writing proper goals that inspire you and then yes. other people into your vision. And actually, without knowing it, you were pretty strong with your goals and your principles. And, you know, what kept you from getting discouraged as on the way? And then you had a group of people that were out of boy, let's do it around you also. So let's look at the other, what kept you from getting discouraged? And how did you find those champions that really helped propel you across the finish line? Well, what, what helped me uh, get it done was looking at my own life and my own family and looking how blessed I am and how, how happy I am in life, how blessed I am and how I want to see that with other people. And the only way I'm going to see that happen is to get out and do this stuff and not sit on the sidelines. So that, that's, that's a, a good driver to that is to make people happy and help them out, you know. Love it. Now, we're a nonprofit. We can't do a call to action or sell things. However, if you want the books, yes. <laughs> they're on bootsthecow.com and it says the book series and they, uh, the Boots Cow Notebook's $3.95 and the other books are less than $10. Yes. And so uh, grandparents can buy them here and have them shipped to their grandchildren? Yes, they can. Uh, or you can hit us up on our website if you need a personal autograph. You know, it would probably kill the value of it, but I will sign a book for anybody. Um, if you go out to the stores, we're, we're as, as far south as Greensboro right now in some bookstores and stuff. Uh, we got in some stores uh, up towards the lake, uh, up here at the Bedford Welcome Center, if you're in that area. Because we also have little stuffed cows of boots um, that go with it, that are only sold in the stores. Uh, we have those, some uh, pins and other little cute, you know, merchandise that goes with it. So. so if people wanted to contact you, there's a contact button on the website. It is a contact on the website, Boots Cow. You, you hit that. Uh, it'll go straight to us. My, my wife handles all my online stuff. So quite often in the afternoons, I get home, she'll have stuff laid out and you need to sign these 50 books and have a little sticky notes on it, who they go to and properly spell the name and do all this stuff. And, I, and I'm very happy to do all that. I love doing that kind of stuff. Uh, now with the pandemic easing up, we, we do have some book signings planned. We're going to be up at the lake, uh, Smith Mountain Lake up there, uh, probably 1st of May, doing some stuff with a new book when it comes out. So, Are you limited in book signings? Do you only go certain so far? No, I, I'm, I'm pretty much good to go. Uh, you know, we didn't get to do much in the pandemic, but I, if people contact me and want me to come out, we will come out. It's not a problem. That's good to hear. Go to the website if you want to. Uh... P.W., come do a book reading and a book signing. Uh, he reads the book and it's in his voice. And, you know, yes. it's great to hear it coming from the creator. So um, what, what you heard here was a vision 
faithfully executed and that he learned what not to do by listening to people and he learned what to do by listening to people and was able to stay to his principles that were you know he articulated as he laid out this course for the book so dw uh, no doubt i'm going to get serious for, for grandchildren several so you'll be signing some for me I will. Uh, and um, i know they're going to be blessed by this so as we end this really um inspiring interview what do you want to say to people that got ideas out there? What challenge or call to action do you want to give them for their own vision? If, if you have an idea, go with it. Uh, don't hold back. Don't, don't have regrets in life, you know, going through and thinking, what if? If you've got it, do it. Because you've got it inside of you. You can make it happen. Nobody's going to make it happen for you. you got to be the first person to step up and believe in yourself and do it. D.W. Lawhorn, the inspiration and perspiration behind Boots the Cow series. It's not just a book. It's, it's a whole energy field of inspiration. So thank you for the goodness that you brought to the yes. world and being our guest today. Yes, thank, thank you for having me. I enjoyed it. Thank you for listening to The Nonprofit Exchange. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.